Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. Today we're going to be reading The Gift of Healing, which is page starting on page 29 of The Four Crafts, and we are in the craft about Dr. Craft. We'll get right into the reading today. The Gift of Healing. There was some priesthood holders in the early church in the early years of the church, such as Apostle David W. Patton, who possessed the gift of healing so powerfully that they never administered to an afflicted person without success. One of the weaknesses of the elders of the church is that many of them are worthy to possess such a gift, but they never seek to use it. As explained by Lorenzo Snow, when our friends are stricken down with sickness and disease, or our little ones are in the agonies of pain and death. There should be elders in our midst who have educated themselves so thoroughly in the development of the gifts of the Spirit within them, and in whom the saints have such perfect confidence that they would always be sought after instead of doctors. There are men among us who possess the gift of healing and might have great faith, but they do not exercise the gift They do not live for it, and therefore they do not have the power to use it so effectually as they might. There are men in this church who are as good in their their hearts and feelings as men ever were, but lack faith and energy, and do not obtain really what it is their privilege to receive. If their faith and their energy and determination were were equal to their good feelings and desires, their honesty and goodness, they would be indeed as mighty men of Israel. And sickness and disease and the power of the evil one would flee before them as chaff before the wind. Journal of Discourses, volume 23, page 194 and 195 more on page 30 if you're reading along with us in the four crafts the spiritual gifts of the lord should be certainly as should certainly be studied and sought for paul admonished us to covet earnestly the best gifts in first corinthians chapter 12 verse 31 he wrote to timothy encouraging him to use these gifts quote Neglect not the gifts that are in thee, which were given by thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Then later he added that thou stirrest up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. There are probably as many elders today who have a special spiritual gift and they don't even know it. The gift of healing is not an unusual gift, but it needs to be exercised so that it can grow even greater in power. Preservation of life, Hippocrates, uh, who lived between 460 to seven, or no, three. 370 BC of Athens was considered the father of medicine because he, number one, or A, dissociated magic from medicine. 
B, made medicine a systematic science. C, gave physicians high moral inspiration. D, encouraged the additional use of an open mind and keen senses. E, promoted the art of observation and clinical examination. F, improved doctors beside, uh, improved doctors' bedside manner. G, emphasized the honesty and dignity of the physician's calling. See Collier's National Encyclopedia, Volume 5, page 266 and 267. We are now on page 31. Because of Hippocrates' high ideals, the oath taken by doctors down to the present time was named after him. The Hippocratic Oath reads as follows. The oath of of Hippocrates, I swear by Apollo, the physician and Ascubulus, and health and all heal, and all the gods in goodness, that according in my ability and judgment, I will keep this oath in stipulation to reckon him who taught me this art equally dear to me as my parents to share my substance with him and relieve his necessities if requires if required to regard his offspring as on the same footing with my own brothers and to teach them his art if they should wish to learn it without fee or stipulation and that by precept lecture and every other mode of instruction i will impart a knowledge of the art to my own sons and to those of my teachers and to disciples bound by the stipulation and oath according to the laws of medicine, but to no others. I will follow that method of treatment, which according to my ability and judgment, I consider to I consider for the benefit of my patients and abstain from whatever is deleterious and mischievous. I will give no deadly medicine to anyone if asked nor suggest any counsel furthermore and i will not give to a woman an instrument to produce abortion with purity and with holiness i will pass my life and practice my art i will not cut a person who is suffering with a stone but will leave this to be done by the protect the practitioners of this work into whatever house i enter i will go into them for the benefit of the sick and will abstain from every voluntary act of mischief and corruption and further from the seduction of females or males bond or free whatever in connection with my professional practice or not in the connection with it i may see or hear in the lives of men which ought to be ought not to be spoken abroad I will not divulge as reckoning that all such should be kept secret. While I continue to keep this oath unviolated, may it be granted to me to enjoy life and the practice of the art, respectful by all men at all times. But should I trespass and violate this oath, may the reverse be my lot. Collier's National Encyclopedia, Volume 5. Page 267, we're on page 32 of Dr. Craft, which is part of the Four Crafts. 
In order for doctors to become licensed to practice medicine, they must agree to support the conditions stated in this oath. Even though doctors swear to preserve life, some of them are guilty of literally destroying it. For example, it has been a continuing practice to kill babies through abortion. It was a serious problem in pioneer days, just as it is today, and Heber C. Kimball and Erastus Snow expressed their views very forcefully. Quote, I have been taught, I have been taught it, and my wife has was taught it in our young days, that when she got into the family way, which means to become pregnant, to send for a doctor and to get rid of the child so as to live with me to gratify lust. It is God's truth, and I know the person that did it. This is depopulating the human species, and the curse of God will come upon that man and upon that woman and upon those cursed doctors. There is scarcely one of them that is at risk from from the sin. Heber C. Kimball, Journal of Discourses, Volume 5, page, uh, page 92. Today, infanticide and forticide for, are popular. Modern doctors and doctresses have risen. Men and women are skilled in what is called the disease of women, whose special practice is the preventing fecundity, thereby securing to the husband and wife the pleasure of self-gratification without bearing the responsibilities of maternity and the trouble and the expense of rearing children. These doctors and doctresses and the American student who have learned to practice their hellish art are today engaged in undermining the constitution or the constitution of wives and mothers Yes, children, murder, and this damnable doctrine of devils has become popular throughout New England and is fast spreading over the American continent. End quote. Erastus Snow, Journal of Discourses, volume 23, page 230. So this week, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Thank God. Um, I just want to say, and I don't care if I offend you, and if you're offended by this, you can go to hell. But um, those who support abortion in any of its forms, any of its forms, are guilty of association of murder of the innocents. And there is no forgiveness in this world or in the world to come for this crime against the innocents. If you support abortion, you are guilty of association, which is just as bad as committing the heinous crime of murder of the innocents yourself. If you don't like that, I don't care. If you have not committed an abortion yet, you need to seek forgiveness. So back in, I think it was 1973 is when this abortion thing came around, right? And around the same time period, the the movie called The Exorcist came out. 
I, if you're not aware of what happened to those crowds that went and saw The Exorcist, you need to go watch what happened. There was panic attacks. There were people passing out. People were having heart attacks. They, it was so horrible. Affecting the spirits and mental state of the people of that time. That there was um, there was all kinds of stuff going on throughout the country to all these people who were going to see it. Today in 2022, it's almost a joke to watch The Exorcist. That's how dull our spirits and mental facilities have become to evil. When Balaam, or Balak, the, the king of... Um, it's escaping me right now. He wanted this this uh, this prophet by the name of Balaam to to curse Israel to destroy Israel, and Israel was blessed by God, but Balak thought that he could pay Balaam, who was a prophet, to curse Israel for whatever reason, and Balaam told him after several attempts. I cannot go against what God wants for these people. If you want them to be destroyed, you have to get them to accept evil and wickedness so that the blessing of God goes away from these people and you can destroy them. This is a principle of Balaam, but this is a principle of Hasatan. He knows that if he can get you to accept wickedness and evil, that you will be destroyed eventually. And he wants this country to be destroyed. The Supreme Court did not pass or overturn Roe v. Wade for the protection of innocence. Their sinister plan is what they've been trying to do for many years is to get the people of this nation so upset that they will be rioting and that they will go into full-on war, which will eventually happen. It will eventually happen. Back in 90, 90, the summer of 96, when I saw the, uh, when I was on the Fisherman's Wharf at Pier 49 in San Francisco and the psychic, psychic individual came up to me, he says, you see spirits a lot, don't you? And I said, yeah, how do you know that? He said, there's a really bright light above your head. By the way, he's not the only one that has seen that. I've had um, not a lot throughout the years. It's under 10, but I've had people who have seen this around me. And and those were the ones that were brave enough to come forward and say, you know, there's a light around you. When when you were speaking to me, I saw a light all around you. there was three individuals up in near Boise, Idaho, at the truck stop that I was at. It's Caldwell or Napa or something like that. And um, they all three felt the spirit as I was preaching to them one night at the truck stop in the middle of the night. Only one of them saw the light around me. So, but um, 
this individual in 1996, he saw the light. And he came up to me and he says, you see spirits a lot, don't you? And I said, yeah. Like all my life, the veil has been very thin for me. And this man did not know me. He says, there's a light above your head and it's around you and it attracts spirits. And they're around you all the time. Okay. He says, can I, can I please talk to you over here in my shop? Like, I didn't know where his shop was, but he pointed at it. Probably within 200 yards. Well, maybe 100 yards. I don't know. But anyway, so I walk over there with him. He says, I'm not going to charge you, but I want to talk to you. So we go into there. And he says, uh, I had a dream about you. He said when you are older that in the dream that he saw about me, and he'd never seen me before in my life, he said in the dream that I saw you in the top of the mountains. And in the valleys and all around the country, there was wars and rioting. So much so that those who would save their lives would escape into the wilderness and into the mountains. And there, many would accept you as a great religious leader. Now, this is after I was Baptist. I was more goth than anything else at this time. I was homeless. This is before my conversion to Mormonism and to Joseph Smith being a prophet. I was not ready to hear what this man had to say, and I thought, that's nuts. I did not know the scriptures. But he saw those things, and later on, it makes so much sense. After God revealed to me who I am and what my calling is and all of the things that he is asking me to do, it makes sense. Now, I... I don't know why he chose me. I think about Moses a lot and like God gave him his marching orders, but he didn't tell him how to do, you know, this, that, or the other. He said, okay, we'll go see Pharaoh. How's that going to be done? He didn't give him instructions on everything. I don't have instructions on, on anything other than gathered Emory County, Utah, because this is the place of the gathering before the destruction comes. I have no instructions. I don't know what to do. I mean, I have been given um, visions and uh, revelations on certain things, but as far, and I've been told to build up the Church of the Living Messiah and the School of the Prophets. I'm doing my best. I don't know what to do. But for some reason, God has chosen me to be his witness and to share the truth and to speak out against wickedness in high places and throughout society and to teach the people, which is what I'm trying to do. And this week, as Roe v. Wade was overturned, there are 
the reason for this happening isn't because they want to overturn it because it has bad precedent, which it does. They don't want to overturn it because the Constitution, uh, there's no protection in the Constitution for privacy and for this type of thing. There is none. This was uh, invented by the seven justices or nine justices, I can't remember, wearing black robes who were wicked as all hell back in 1973 and it's a shame and a mark of wickedness that this has gone on for so long now abortion is still legal in many places including Utah for the time being but they didn't overturn Roe v. Wade because of their goodness they overturned it because they want you to riot they want this nation to be destroyed and implode internally. They are actively trying to destroy this nation through attacks in the food supply and the military and the fuel. These individuals who are in power want the destruction of this country. Will they bleed it dry by sending money to overseas corporations where they can launder the money and make wealthy the families of these politicians. That's why Romney and Pelosi and Biden and all of these individuals have their children going over into the Ukraine uh, to do these business dealings because they are actually sending the money over there in taxpayer funds to these corporations that launder the money and then uh, send it on to make people wealthy that should have no business being in like Hunter Biden. Hey, this country is so completely wicked. I don't I don't blame them for wanting to destroy it. But I have a different reason for wanting this country to be destroyed because of the wickedness of the people. This and the people who think that they're not wicked They are in strong delusion. They they justify wicked acts such as abortion and other other things that I'm not going to talk about right now. And they make what is evil good and what is good evil. And they are a civilization ripe for destruction. And I thank God that he has called me out of the city that he has given me a place to live out in the country, out of any towns or cities, in the uh, not completely in the wilderness, but he's given me 10 acres of land, and he has given me instructions on what to do when everything falls apart and where to go, and I'm glad for that. Now, I don't want to leave my comfort, com- comfortable home, but... Um, And I hope it doesn't happen for a while. I know they're trying to push it to destroy this country, but I think that there's a lot of things that have to happen. I hope that we have time to do the things that need to happen in order for us to prepare as a people for the remnant to go into the wilderness, where Zion will be born according to Isaiah 35. So, hopefully we'll have time to prepare for those things and that things don't 
fall off the cliff, as it were, so quickly. Anyway, we're on page 33, and I'm going to continue on with the reading. There is a natural God implanted in God implanted instinct within mankind to preserve and cling to life. And I I know tangent. Those of you who have justified your actions to commit murder or the murder of the innocents, in your heart of heart, even though you have been dulled down because of the culture, talking about the exorcist and like how it's a joke these days, back in the 70s, like it was a big deal, and now we're so dull in our spirits and in our mentality that it's not that big of a deal. Even though you've been dulled down, You had to justify your act. You had to ignore the voice of God and the voice of the Spirit whispering to you that this was wrong and this is wrong. Infanticide and the murder of the innocents for any reason is an abomination. It is a disgusting abomination. Continuing on... He, Wilfred Woodruff, referred to a saying of Joseph Smith, which he heard him utter like this, that if the people knew what was behind the veil, they would be they would try by every means to commit suicide that they might get there. Okay. You, I have to say this because I have tried to commit suicide in the past. Okay, I don't know if you can see the scars, but I have ridiculous amounts of scars it's hard because of the it's been a long time since I've tried to commit suicide but I tried a bunch of different ways because I do know what it's like to be on the other side of the veil one of the reasons why I do not actively seek to go back to the presence of the Father and the Son, even though I've seen them face to face, is because of how hard it is to readjust to wanting to be in mortality when you have been in their presence and the felt of their all-consuming love. I can't handle going back and forth. If I'm going to go back, I want to be back, and I don't want to be in this world anymore. But God has preserved my life so that I cannot die uh, until the time comes and uh, but one of the things that I knew was that um, because I've had my calling and election made sure that I would not go to hell for my for my suicide and luckily God helped me through the delusion of the mind in those circumstances and helped me stay alive because I have a mission to fulfill <laughs> Excuse me. But um, Joseph Smith understood these things too. He understood if you knew what it was like to be in the presence of the Father and the Son, this world would be unbearable for most individuals. So that blessing of the veil that is separating your memories from from remembering the being in the presence of the Father and the Son is such a great blessing. You may not understand and you may not remember, and even those of you who do remember some, 
you don't you do not really understand the fullness of of being in the actual presence of the Father and the Son. It is a great blessing for us to to have the veil and that the gifts of the Spirit and the influences of the Spirit poke through. And we might even remember, I had a man in Nauvoo, Illinois, when we were going through in 2013, who was a missionary from Snowflake, Arizona. He remembered exactly who I was. He's the only one that remembered exactly who I was in the pre-existence. Like, exactly. When he saw me, uh, he was doing. He was a missionary in Nauvoo, and they were playing. They were doing this play. It was kind of like a musical play type type of thing. And my wife and my two kids, Emma and Olivia, were sitting on the front row. And uh, he was doing his thing as his, as the actor that he was presenting this play for people at Nauvoo that were you know tourists coming through. But uh, he, as soon as the play was over and everybody's like up clapping and yay, it's so fun to, to do this, he came down and grabbed my arm and my hand and shook my hand with tears in his eyes and he said he knew exactly who I am and he's been waiting his whole life to meet me. But even that individual who knew who I am, that widower, who was on a mission, even he didn't understand the fullness of what it is like to be in the presence of the Father and the Son. And when Joseph Smith talks about that if people knew what was behind the veil, they would try to be, by every means, to commit suicide that they might get there. But the Lord in his wisdom had implanted the fear of death in every person that they might cling to life and thus accomplish the designs of their creator. And quote, Diary of Charles Lowell Walker by uh, Larson, volume one, page 465 and 466. So... After I realized that uh, I have blown myself up, hung myself uh, three times, overdosed on 5,000 milligrams of tramadol and other things, alcohol poisoning, uh, drug overdose, cutting the arteries in my arms and hands, and all of the other things that I've tried to commit suicide in the ways that I've tried to do it over the years, between my teenage years, uh, my first attempt at suicide was when I was 14, and the first time I talked about suicide, I was nine years old, according to my mother, who I don't talk to anymore. But um, my last attempt at suicide was 13 years ago, something like that. Anyway, I was so adamant about, like, you know what? If I'm not going to die, you know, back in the days of the oil field, while Iraq was still a thing and Afghanistan was still a thing, there was a company over in Texas where uh, you got paid 
six-figure income times three. I mean, $300,000 to $300,000 a year to transport fuel in war regions. And at the time, I was 450 pounds. I've lost 200 pounds, a little over 200 pounds since then. But um, I got, I was a big, I was got up there pretty big. Anyway, I wanted to go to Iraq and haul fuel. I figured, you know what, if God isn't going to let me, I mean, I've been shot at four times. I felt the wind of bullets on my face. Um, I've been stabbed, multiple almost car accidents. Like, I've seen protection around me for years, for many years. Anyway, I figured I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to go make some money. If I can't die and they're going to pay me a ton of money to haul fuel in a war zone... I'm going to go make some money. And I applied to that company. And because of my weight, they would not hire me. But I was willing to go because it didn't matter if I lived or died. <coughs> anyway, continuing on with this reading. Fortunately, fortunately, the medical profession is limited to mortality and there's no need for uh, for their craft to continue after death. Heber C. Kimball remarked that the spirit in the spirit world, they do not call upon the doctors to kill their offspring. There are no doctors there. That is, if they are there, their occupation has changed, which proves that they are not there because they have ceased to be doctors. Journal of Discourse is volume 4, page 209. God's will be done. Most important, however, more, more important, however, that than our own desires, faith to be healed, doctors, medicines, etc., is the, is the desire that God's will be done. Oftentimes, the Lord will use a disease, illness, or an accident as a means of calling a person to the other side of the veil. Yet some may continue in faith or by medical means to keep their loved ones longer upon the earth. However, the Lord knows the best time for each person's mortal life to end. In some cases, if a person were to stay longer on the earth, he might commit some serious sin or cause an injury to others that would be a serious detriment to their salvation. Therefore, his will is to take them home before such an incident could happen. Page 34. And I want to say something. So, before we moved to Utah, we lived in upstate New Hampshire. Uh, the branch that we went to was actually over in Vermont. And just east of that branch was a branch in upstate New Hampshire where my sister-in-law lives. And my sister-in-law's best friend two weeks ago today, I'm recording this on Sunday, her three-year-old son got out of the house she was distracted by the other kids or whatever it was. 
and he got into his he was in his underwear and he went into the pool and he drowned and she found him and they revived him but they couldn't keep him revived he died my son almost died a week or two before that same thing except for the whole family was around my son but nobody saw him go in the water except for my oldest son who was 16 years old and he he my family my wife and kids are all distracted but my 16 year old is like mom 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 and my two-year-old at the time uh, was full of water sunk down to the bottom and they didn't see it happen and they didn't even notice it happened they were all right there my two-year-old he just turned three this month in june of 2022 he knows how to open the door to the front uh, any of the doors he can, get, he can get through any of the doors now. And sometimes we're like, where's Arius? And we go out in the front yard and he is in the front yard or doing something because he is going to do what he's going to do. So we're not going to have a pool or a hot tub or anything else where my kid can, t- can drown because he's already tried to do it once and my nieces and nephews have all tried to do it and... You know, luckily, and I I almost drowned when I was like six years old. I remember going into the water and being taken by the current um, up near where I lived in Idaho. And luckily my cousin, who was like 12 or 13, saw me and pulled me out. You know, and I've been taken by rip current as well when I lived in Okinawa, Japan. I know how easy it is to die by drowning, but I also know how easy it is to die by many different ways of dying. But one of the things that I was told with the death of my son Ezekiel and the death of my daughter Emma, which uh, I don't know if you can see, well, that pink blanket right there is Emma's blanket, and then her urn is in there, and so is Ezekiel's urn. Knowing about multiple mortal probations and how we are in this life to gain experience so that we can gain a higher resurrection, and how we travel from world to world in spirit groups and in families. And this is not the first world that we've gone into. This is not the last. And the secret is, when we are in a state of resurrection, unless we're exalted, we are damned in that state of resurrection and cannot progress in that state of resurrection. But we can put off our resurrections and go on to a new earth with a new Redeemer and a new new Savior, a new Holy Ghost, a new God the Father. These are positions and titles of authority, and there are gods above gods. Like, I'm not getting into it right now, but I was informed by God after the death of my son that he was not ready to go through a full mortality. 
but that he wanted to remain with us as a family group. And so he chose to take a body for the purpose of being born into our family, which connects us and bonds us together. And then he died before, while he was still a baby. These children who died before the age of accountability, they, this is a choice that they have made. And they can change their minds. I don't know how the process all works, but, um, but sometimes when our children die at such an early age, it's just because they are not ready to remain in a state of probation as an adult and they want to only gain certain experiences and they, and this is foreordained. This is decided before, before, uh, uh, before the creation of each earth. Uh, and those children are are bound to those mothers who give birth to them. And they, uh, if they're not able to come down to the mother, like I was not able to come down to my proper mother, so I went to my, my mother's, my true mother's daughter, who became my mother. But we come into the same family groups. And this is all planned out to the best of what can be planned out. But everything isn't set in stone. Alvin Smith, Joseph Smith's oldest brother, was the one that was supposed to go with Joseph to take, to get the plates. According to the angel Moroni. Now the church will hide it from you because they don't want you to to know about those things because it looks like Joseph Smith's just making crap up, but he wasn't. The angel Moroni instructed Joseph to take Alvin to get those plates but things happened Alvin was poisoned and he died the the thing that happened to Alvin was not an accident and so instead of taking Alvin he took Emma later on things are not as set out in stone as we think they are there are accidents but they're like this son this child being uh, drowning that mother needs your prayers she really needs your prayers um and I'm just going to say her name, Bridget, if you're watching this. When your bones break or you are hurt in such a way that you have to have a cast put on you. That is so that you can heal, but there is no cast that goes around your soul. And it is okay to admit yourself into a mental health facility until you can heal enough to be strong enough to live. Because I know you're going through the pain that you're going through right now. There is nothing wrong. And in fact, a, med- a mental ward, a medical mental ward, and I've been into just for 30 days might save your life. So please consider it.
but this these deaths that happened some of them are accidents and some of them are because the individual the spirit of the child before they came into mortality they chose that they would come into mortality for us to a certain point but they were not ready to come into a form full mortality and so these things happen on schedule but sometimes these accidents do happen but they they do the the reason why they allow themselves to be taken before the age of accountability is because they want to remain with their families from world to world Continuing on, we're on page 34. One woman learned this lesson the hard way. The story is told that this mother urgently called her minister, crying and begging for him to come and pray for her critically ill young son. He immediately went to her home where she demanded that he should pray and tell God to heal her son. He said he always prayed for the will of the Lord in all things, and if the Lord wanted him healed, the boy certainly would be. She said she didn't care what the will of the Lord was. She wanted her boy well. She explained that she had given birth to him, nursed him, and cared for him through the illnesses and troubles, and since this was her son, she wanted her will to be done. The minister said he never prayed that way before, but if that is what she wanted, he would oblige her. The boy immediately got better. Many years later, the same minister got a call late one night. It was from the same woman who was once again crying hysterically. After composing herself, she asked him if he remembered her. The woman who had years before asked him to pray for her will instead of the Lord's, he said he did. She then sobbed, I should have let my Lord have his way then, because tonight my boy dies in the electric chair for murder. Franklin D. Richards gave an excellent explanation on proper procedure regarding faith, prayer, and God's will. We ought first to go to the Lord and exercise our faith as far as we can make use of it in that direction, and we will make fewer blunders that we do in placing implicit confidence in the medical and surgical professions. When we do this, we are certainly sure of one thing. We, sh- we secure the help of God and the help of angels. And if we are appointed unto death, we want to go. We ought to go. Our prayers and supplications should always be conditional. That is, if not appointed unto death, that he or she should be raised up. And if the heavens want a man to labor there in any sphere, there is where he should be. Journal of Discourses, volume 24, page 287. So now we're on page 35, and I'm going to leave it at that at this point because we're over. I'm going to try to make these programs between 30 to 30 to 60 minutes long. I'm not going the full two hours anymore. I'm just I'm down. So I probably try to put out three of these a week, but um, 
this is uh, the first one this week, and we'll see what we can do. I'm actually it's Sunday, and instead of going to a Gentile church like like we usually do, I think we're going to go to a cottage meeting up in Spanish Fork today. So uh, we'll see how it works out. But um, anyway, I'm just uh, I'm happy to be able to uh, to try to put these out in a podcast format. And uh, oh, by the way, I am on Rumble now. In fact, I think I'm going to start posting more to Rumble than to YouTube. Uh, I'll probably post multiple places. But anyway, when we come back, we'll be on page 35, and the title of the next section is Latter-day Doctors. So anyway, thank you for watching my podcast and my uh, video. I'll be posting this on Rumble and YouTube and... uh, I hope everybody has a good day. Take care, everyone. God bless. And goodbye.